It's the Rad Dad, Radley Belmont. And Papa Bear, Wade Kruger. And you're watching the Three Count Podcast. Same stepdad's time, same stepdad's channel. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring and I am your host Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, which you should address me as, you gotta have somebody who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. And today, you see who's entering the ring. You can find these guys at Titan. You can find them at True. You can find them at Tough and Talented. You can find them at NYCW. You can find them at Invictus, and you can find them at Pizza Party Pro. They are the guys who got the hippest dance moves. They're the guys that will give you the talk. They're also the guys that will read the newspaper and then beat your ass with that newspaper. It is Radley Belmont, Wade Kruger, the stepdads. So I got I to Nobody told me there'd be any mountain climbing here. I think I'm out. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know we were doing any mountain climbing. No, wait, but, uh, I, see what's, I see what's going on. On the mountain of wrestling, he's taking a pit stop. We're the gas station that uh, starts yeah. right at the front of the mountain. Yes. Just, also, just go uh, go where's way. where's Evan Courageous at? If this is the uh, the three the three count podcast, you know, I need Evan Courageous and uh, Shane Helms, Tank Abbott. Where are they at? Yeah, I've been. You know what? I, I've hit them up. I've asked them. They said they'd get back to me, and then one of them left me on red. And uh, you know what? It just it just happened. So I'm just it like happened. whatever. I've left Conan on red, so it it, it happened. I understand. <laughs> that sounds true. like a joke, but it's true. It's a real thing. It, it was weird because like uh, it's we <laughs> were already walking on dangerous territory i got a <laughs> i got a message from conan i was like do you watch keeping 100 and i was like oh yeah <laughs> i do hey we have exactly friends I was like, we, we have on our wcw podcast we have exactly one follower who was a member of the wcw roster and it's buff bagwell and that's really all that matters in life so you know it's the way it, the way it goes yo buff is the stuff <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's what i've been saying but, well, thank you guys for coming on and hanging out with me and talking about wrestling with me. No problem. I mean, we're getting paid for this, right? I think. I think there's like uh, it's a, it's it's paid in exposure. You get oh, okay. It's oh, like the checks in the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Explains why the hot envelope feels so thin. But you know, we don't get no hot dogs and handshakes are forbidden right now because of COVID. <laughs> Sorry, house is a little light, brother. <laughs> the house is light. Sorry, <laughs> man. We'll make it to you next time. <laughs> Right. So, Who doesn't love hot dogs? Yo, right? I mean, don't ask my family that because they're going to be like, no. <laughs> so just right off the jump, man, I'm going to ask the question, like, who are the stepdads? Oh, that's us. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> these two guys. Uh, I keep pointing over here, but, you know, up here. I, I can't really figure this out. How this yeah, I have like an inverted. See how um, like, we're, we're, it looks like we're acting, but this is like how we are. This is why the stepdads is, is us. Yeah. Like, this this is, looks like a, it's a dad joke of like us trying to figure out technology. No, this is just us actually trying to figure very, out technology. This is very real. This is very real. So um, stepdads, comedy, uh, comedy based, you know, like that's in our roots tag team. But, uh, you know, we could do a little bit of everything. Um, it's like, think if, if a dad... If two dads from a sitcom in the '90s had an episode like where they needed to make money on the weekends wrestling, that's the stepdads. It's like <laughs> we're not trying to like just be straight up dads in the ring. It's like you know 
if Danny Tanner, RIP, if Danny Tanner would was going to wrestle on the weekends, he wouldn't show up in his khakis. He, he'd have some weird sort of khaki-based cleaning gear. That's like our uh, our stepdad's idea. Is like, what if a dad, you know, on the weekends was also a wrestler? Would, right. he, would he, though? Like, would he do a clean gimmick, or would he call himself Dirty Dan? Because I, I feel like... <laughs> well, it depends. it depends on which show we're on here. Well, no, 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 because, like, like even on Full House, remember, because like he had an alternate personality in the poker game where he was like, "They call me Dirty Dan." Like, where'd you get these clothes? Like the laundry. <laughs> I wish he would show up as like his uh, his like long lost relative that he had the picture of on the wall from like the Civil War. Uh, <laughs> that that's who I want him to be, <laughs> like Lieutenant Danny Tanner. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, so I know you guys have had kind of like a. Uh, uh, a great journey into the into the sport so i'm just very curious like what brought you in and then like what keeps you guys going into the sport Brad, i'll let you start this one well uh it, it, our entire careers tie in with each other which is surprising because i used to live in las vegas and wade here lives in new jersey and yet somehow through the wacky world of the internet and wrestling forums and seeing clips of backyard wrestling we able we were able to find each other and uh, even hang out a few times in Las Vegas and Pennsylvania and things like that. Wrestling has just always been a part of our lives. I've I've been watching wrestling since literally before I can remember. I have you know VHS tapes of myself as a little kid playing as the Ultimate Warrior fighting my Tigger. So that's always been the thing with Wade. He absolutely loves sports. I mean, just look behind him. It's it's a smorgasbord of sports right behind him. That's not even a whole room. That's a corner. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And so eventually, as the fates foretold, the stepdads uh, came to be when I uh, moved to New Jersey as well. And we now live in the same house. It's kind of a wacky sitcom on its own. I got I got the this downstairs floor. He's got the top floor. And we ended up becoming a tag team, not just because we live in the same house, but we had this unique chemistry of always wrestling each other and having such a good time where we didn't always have the best time wrestling other people that te- in teaming up, we had the same type of humor. We we're both really punny, corny, uh, old uh, souls, if, as it were, uh, that the stepdads just fit us because that's kind of who we were already. And yeah, and. And ahead, like, uh, yeah, it started, it literally started, I mean, like most wrestlers, we literally started in backyard wrestling just as friends. Um, and I, it, we just, everyone else kind of stopped. All of our friends kind of stopped or had already gone pro. And we yeah. were like, kind of felt like we were just hitting our stride and getting comfortable, more comfortable in the ring. Um, like when I say backyard, I mean like we had a full, we had a legit ring. Uh, yeah, like like we're talking real wrestling rings. Like we're talking. I used to have tag team matches with Sunny Kiss. We're talking like legitimate training before shows. Like that's the stuff we're yeah, talking like, about here. Because like guys from the area that we would know would come in and teach us how to run ropes and teach us. Like we we had a little bit of that knowledge, and then we kind of felt like we weren't done. We had more to give. Let's uh, take this pro, get properly trained, and and make a shot of it. And uh, the stepdad's name came with me from the backyard. That was like. But it was a different gimmick in the yard. It was more just like two cocky guys. Our our slogan was uh, "We beat you and you hate us." So that was like our uh, we were just two heels, and then we just kind of figured, let's take it 
all the way. Because in wrestling, there's no such thing as taking something too far. Um, so we kind of just elevated it and made a full gimmick out of it. And that's how the stepdads uh, happened. Yeah, I feel like the that's coolest awesome, part, uh, <laughs> the coolest part about wrestling is character. And we tried, especially early on being green and everything, we tried so hard to throw so much character into everything we absolutely did. Because in my mind, and I'm sure Wade thinks the same thing, we were probably just going to be squashed for the first like two years of our career. So yeah. our goal was, what is the absolute most we could do just getting into the ring and maybe getting one move? And yeah. to us, the, the easiest thing to do is walk out in a robe and a sweater and a pipe holding a thermostat, telling people not to touch it, and then spanking the run road warrior guy or whatever, and then they just kill us. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it gets the character over, and that's all, all we cared about for a long time. Yeah, so um, we used uh, the gimmick to hide the fact that we sucked. Um, <laughs> now everybody knows, but we still try yeah. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters, though, in life. Like, that's really all that matters. You just got to try, you know? It's um, it's cool. It's cool to hear like that's what you guys were doing. Like throw as much character work as you could into your into your gimmick, because I know like for me, right? Uh, like this is me going to my second year. By the way, full transparency, I'm turning 37 this year, so like I'm I got into the game like super 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 late. Hey, but um, we got in late yeah. too, comparatively yeah. to most people. Are you aware yeah. of the Buff Dad? Do you know who the Buff Dad is? Yes. Yes. So All yeah, right. no do you think it's too late. Yeah, you're junior compared to him. Okay, you got a long run ahead of you. You have a Bruno San Martino run ahead of you, according to him. So don't worry. <laughs> but I, I legitimately, you know, I, I throw as much character work into like what I do too, because I'm like, I know, and I, and it's almost the same deal. Like I understand that, like in your first couple of years, you're just gonna get crushed, and it, it is what it is. So you just take your licks and keep moving. And so I throw as much character work. Or I do some some kind of comedy spot in there just to make sure people know, like, oh. Like, he's a mercenary, but he's kind of like Deadpool, and he makes a lot of crude jokes, and I kind of vibe with that. I mean, if you need to know how I feel about Deadpool, my wrestling name is Wade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Yeah, um, I... That's not a coincidence. Uh, nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, the comedy stuff it, like, and the gimmick stuff is so helpful. Because it helps you really find who you are. And the more you do it in the ring, it starts to become second nature. So if you start out just by focusing on like the, the character stuff and less the moves, you're not worrying about too many things at once. You're like, you're just doing character stuff and doing it as the way you would. And then later on, when you focus more on the move side of things and the, like the actual wrestling side of things, um, that character stuff is already going to be second nature. You don't have to think about it anymore. You just, you know, you react the way your character would react. So like, I don't need to think of like, Oh, what would Wade say? Or what would Wade do? It's just because it's an extension of me. It just happens. And uh, it, it elevates the wrestling. If you're just in that mindset, because it adds a little extra layer to it. Yeah. yeah. And, and what Wade's saying there, I can uh, jump on there, there that, uh, it also works for your move set as well. If you're if you're so character based, like for us, we do spanks. You know, we'll do atomic drops on people's butts and then spank them. Like anybody can do an atomic drop, but we try to make every move we do just slightly unique. Our finishing move technically is the Doomsday Device, just like the Road Warriors. The way we make it our own is that I jump off the top rope and hug the guy on the way down. So it's if we call it the Father's Day device, I'm practically giving a doomsday hug on the way down. It's the exact same type of move, 
different type of way to protect the opponent, wink, wink. But at the same time, it makes it completely our own. And the more you do that, the more unique you are on a card. I don't remember the last time we had to go around the locker room and be like, is, is anybody doing spanks tonight? Is anybody going to spank anybody? Like, are you going to win with a spank? Like, no, no we, don't have, we, we don't have to worry about our match being similar to anybody else's on the card, whether it's comedy or not. Yeah, that, and it takes something much, like, yeah. like, like a move like a flatliner. Like, a lot of people do a flatliner. But because I just dip the guy and yell, you're grounded, before I slam him face first into the <laughs> mat, it becomes my own. And even if three other guys on the show are doing it, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like this. you're just seeing the same thing over and over because it has that little extra oomph to it. Right. It's like all that character stuff is so important. All the moves are the words in a sentence. And if you just do a bunch of moves with no character work, you have a run-on sentence, and it has the same impact as if you just did like a, a whole – like it doesn't have that same impact. But when you throw in those like poses and those comments and those quotes and those things that are you – that ends the sentence and it like the crowd is like, okay, what's the next thing? Instead of being like, oh my God, there's so much. I can't even keep track of what's happening. It, it has the same impact for you're doing less. Yeah. It's like one of my falsies that I like to throw is a fishman suplex. But before we go up, like I'll pick them up and I'll hold them. And I look, uh, I look out at the crowd and I'm like, we're inverted, you know, cause like Top Gun and then just take a guy over. So yeah. I think about, I, I love thinking about things like that. And my, uh, my even my trainer is just like, Dude, I, he's like, I don't know where you come up with half this shit, but uh, I'm very grateful that you are focusing like on that aspect. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to. It's not like, oh, what crazy thing can I do that's never been seen before? It's just make it yours. That's all you need to mm-hmm. do. For example, uh, the guy that I credit for training me the most, his name is Johnny Cockstrong. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> no, but I love the name. <laughs> I mean, that's the great thing about the name. It tells you exactly what you need to know. Uh, he's the inventor. I believe he's the inventor of the invisible choke slam. So if you've ever seen that, yes, pretty sure I that's have. his, um, but everything he does is based on a very specific part of his anatomy. So he'll hit you with the go to sleep, but not with his knee with something else. And, uh, Johnny Cockstrong will win that way. And he's doing the exact same moves that are at the time, very famous in WWE, but he made him his, his own every single time. And it was hilarious. And also it was believable that he was winning because of the type of character he had. He wasn't yeah. insulting anyone's intelligence. He wasn't ruining uh, kayfabe or, you know, s- ruining anyone's selling ability or anything like that. We don't want people to like uh, die when we spank them. Yeah. It's just feeling yeah. a spank. So it, it, we're also very specific about that kind of stuff. We want a wrestling match to feel like a wrestling match. We want you to believe that we are stepdads that are going to win. Not just that we are stepdads and we're stopping time and, and this guy's going into the sky for no reason. And then there's, you know, we don't need any of that. We can, yeah. do, we can do it just on character. Like, we, we have a spot where we'll steal someone's nose. And if we're wrestling a guy who is very serious, we won't tell him to act like he's silly. Like, we want him to react like he would react. And we could make it work around that. It's like, you don't want to make it seem, you don't want to ask someone to do something they don't do. You, you could work it there's a fine line in comedy and you could make it work no matter the situation. You could be wrestling the most serious guy. And as long as you work it in a way that makes sense for them and for you, then that's really all you need to do. Exactly. Yeah. It's a place. It's, it's something I think about too. Cause I know like, uh, <laughs> I have this gun spot that I like to throw. Right. And, um, it legit comes like guy would throw a clothesline. I do a, I do a, a lucha roll pop up, turn around and legit. Right. Like I have a gun, like, 
bam, bam, shooting the shoulders, bam, bam, shooting the knees. And then they look at me like, what the fuck was that? And then I come in with like a clothesline or like a forearm shot well, and then knock them down. That's <laughs> but, the genius The genius of like Orange Cassidy. There's so many people who are like, oh, it's not believable. It's not that they're selling his his like weak kicks. It's that they're annoyed that he's like fucking with them. Yeah. And it throws them off their game. Like you look at it that way and it's a totally different thing of like, why don't they just kill him? Because they're looking at him like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Except if you're Sting, and then Sting just joins in the joke. And then yeah. I was like, I genuinely, I was like, I need this match. Like, Sting Sting's not that bad Orange Ca- like when he looked at Orange Cassidy, and he was just like, I was like, yeah. what? I love that. I like, love no, that. One, no one sold it better to me than, like, Pac. Because right. Pac was just looking at him, like, disgusted. Like, are you, like, I knew you were going to, I know you do this, but you're really going to do this with me? Like, of all, are you serious? Right. <laughs> So I'm curious. I want to know because seeing how you guys have, you know, we get two different people. We should probably get two different answers. But genuinely, I just want to know what's the worst bump you guys have taken. Ever? Uh, are we talking? <laughs> because ooh, the bumps we used to take in the backyard are stupid. Um, <laughs> I'll say in in the backyard, I once took a uh, a like German suplex variation um, in a in a concrete driveway. Uh, I don't recommend that. Um, in in pro, nothing of all the stupid bumps I've taken bumps on the floor. I once had the New York State Athletic Commission threaten to cut it show <laughs> short because I took a suplex on the floor. Um, of all the the things I've taken, nothing hurt more than the time we were in a street fight, mm. and I took a double choke slam on an upside down laundry basket. Um, and it, it had like those kind of like cuts in the side, those like that, like lattice kind of cut. So when it cracked, they were just jabbed in my back. Um, and I tried to roll off and then the guy tried to pin me on top of it. And that was the single most pain I've ever been in in a match. I turned over and it was stuck in my back. Like I was a turtle. Um, (laughs) don't recommend it. No, this doesn't sound good at all. You're saying I can't have the exact same answers. Damn. All right. (laughs) I mean, did uh, you did you get choke slammed on the no, on your basket? No too? idea. <laughs> no, no. I've had I've had dumb choke slams, but not like that. Uh, the worst thing I ever did in backyard wrestling, and you're gonna have to picture it with me, okay? Because this really happened. So I am on another man's shoulders, like a doomsday device, okay? While another man is on the top rope, and he grabs me. He doesn't jump. He grabs me, pulls me to the top rope, <clears throat> and then Canadian destroyers me off of the other guy's shoulders. But here's the difference. I held on to the to the other guy below me. So as I was Canadian destroyered, I poison run at him over both of us. It and that wasn't, I still and that don't wasn't the finish. The <laughs> that wasn't the finish. It wasn't the finish. The finish was the submission. But um <laughs> That's that's dumb back your wrestling for you. The uh, the, what's the worst? The worst thing that happened was it Mr. Grim splash in the corner? (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Grim splashes in the corner are terrifying. Anybody who's wrestled Mr. Grim, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, love the man, terrified of the splash. Uh, I'll, I'll throw you the wackiest one. Um, we had a uh, Christmas street fight. Oh, yeah, a couple of years ago. 
uh, against these two giant guys named their tag team name was silent but deadly because they didn't talk but they were very mean that's the reason not because they fought uh, a lot <laughs> no not, like... not possible so he's beating the hell out of us uh eventually he gets so annoyed that he leaves the ring and goes to the set of the the entrance way and literally rips the Christmas tree that was lit up uh, like right out, like pulls the cord out of the wall and brings it back. And then with one hand gets on the apron and tosses at me and it hits me in the head enough to make me moonsault and then pretty much have the tree pile drive me. And I landed into tons of, of, of broken bulbs everywhere. To the and and there was there for a second there's like one second of silence and there's a fan in the audience that just far away goes what <laughs> and I'm not sure if he said that because it was amazing or if because it was the stupidest thing he'd ever seen anybody do and Which I still is don't know RMO still don't know all I know is it's the main event we're showing out brother we're winning the tag belts and we did. So yeah, later that matters. same match, that Christmas tree got set up in the corner like a table, and I got uh, speared through it. That tree <laughs> got destroyed. Yeah. Uh, if you're that one fan that happened to see that match and yelled out what, please put it in the comment below. I definitely <laughs> want to see this. I would, I would love to know. I'm going to assume it's a what of that was stupid and unrealistic, but who knows? Yeah. You know what's funny is you you bring up you bring up something else, right? Talking about like um, things that probably shouldn't work, but the way like a match like ends right so i watched uh two and I, i'm not gonna put out the fed or names or anything but i'm sure that they're gonna be listening to the show and they're gonna know what i'm talking about so i watched two uh yeah vince McMahon. gentlemen in a ring and one pile drived another person through a chair right mm -hmm. neither neither had really talked about the spot they just kind of did it on the fly and didn't really make sense in the story but the match ended in a submission <laughs> and uh mm -hmm. i was like I remember they came back and they, the first thing they asked me, they're like, uh, so how was it? I was like, hmm, storytelling got to get worked on, man. Was the submission like a head submission at least? Uh, it was the Rings of Saturn. So no. That, so no. <laughs> um, speaking of funny finishes, uh, I've told the, I tell this to people all the time. The funniest thing I've ever seen in a match was. <laughs> I, I'm already watched, laughing. Watched a guy. I'm not going to say names. Um, watched a guy hit a uh, black hole slam, and this was the the finals to a tournament. This was the main event of the of the show. Guy hits a black hole slam, gets up super amped to hit his finish, just goes, "Get up!" And you can audibly hear his opponent go, "No." <laughs> And then he just walks over and pins him. That's the end. Wins the championship. <laughs> Tournament over. I want this finish now. I want to do this one time. And keep in mind, I saw this later on tape. So you could hear the guy say no from the hard cam. <laughs> Not ideal. Um, no, but you, know, but you know what? It's memorable. And it got keep wrestling over. interesting. <laughs> yeah. I talk about it all the time. So, I uh, here's here's, here, here's one I got for you. I did um, a little storyline where uh, if I lost, I had to shave my beard. So I had to, it was a two day show. So the first day I lost, I had to shave my beard. Nobody saw it though. So day two, I came to the show, wore a mask the whole day. No, no, pretty much nobody on the roster even saw it. But the match I had that night was against this huge dude, 
and the whole match i'm uh working on his back working on his ribs that kind of stuff uh trying because chopping him down is going to work that, that kind of thing you know uh and the psychology didn't seem to be there at first because the idea was that i'm attacking his ribs why would i do that um i eventually put him in a figure four and he's not tapping out because i haven't attacked his legs at all but i'm so desperate to win because i just want to get out of here with my mask and so nobody will see my face and when we're in the figure four, he's reaching around and he's a big guy. So he finally grabs my head and he pulls the mask off and I have no beard. I look like a baby essentially. And he starts laughing and he actually, and with no provocation from anybody, he, he gets the whole crowd to laugh at me while I'm like almost in tears. Cause I don't want anyone to see my dumb face. He's laughing so hard and I've worked on his ribs so much that he starts tapping out from that because he can't, handle how hard he's laughing and i win them and so i'm literally he lets go and he's still laughing in the corner i'm i'm trying so hard to cry in tears as the referee laughing at me hands me the belt and then i grab the belt and i like slowly slither through the crowd as everyone continues to point and laugh at me it's like one of my crowning achievements i absolutely love that that's awesome though i like it a lot <laughs> yeah um, so I'm curious, right? So after like after like a show and stuff like that, man, do you guys have like a post match meal, like a post match snack? Do you guys have to go to? So it's funny we don't have a specific post match show. Like we always try if if it's within reason because we end up working far away from home a lot. So a lot of times it's not always feasible or it's late. Um, we like to go out with some of the roster after a show if we can. Um, that's always fun to like. BS because you don't really get to hang out. Like it's always funny. People are like, "Oh, you know, you see all these people all every weekend. You don't really get to hang out at a wrestling show. It's not like you, you everyone's working on their match, everyone's planning shit." So after shows, it's there's not a specific thing. Pre-show though, we go to Popeyes before every show, and we do not miss because the the only times we've skipped it, we got to the show and the show got canceled. So now we can't skip Popeyes ever again. <laughs> Yo, that's that's funny. That's that's funny though because like um, I I didn't have a pre match ritual like at all, and I just refused to like. I was like, I'm not superstitious, right? But one day I just happened to have a bag of gummy bears in my in my in my bag, right? So I was like, well, I want something to snack on before a match. So as I'm snacking, I had this killer match, right? And my uh, my trainer was like. Oh yeah, he's like you had a really. That's the match. That's what we need from you from now on. I was like, oh okay, cool. And then the next show, I didn't bring a bag, and like I just was bad. It wasn't good. And so mm-hmm. the following week, I brought another bag of gummy bears. And guess what? There's been a bag of gummy bears in my in my bag every week since then. I was like, it's I simple. To... It doesn't have to be crazy. It's just like there, there's something about that. Like put out good vibes, and and good vibes come back. Yeah. I, I will say there's nothing sillier than the, once in a blue moon we'll have a big match and we come back through the curtain and we're like yeah that ruled awesome oh uh, yeah and I go into my bag and I go yeah victory sandwich sweet and I just start in there like whoa, whoa, whoa where the hell did you just get that sandwich yeah where did you just pull a Popeye's chicken sandwich from and I'm like don't worry about it. this is for winners yeah because he'll always <laughs> order two and have one for later yeah, uh, victory like sandwich there's victory sandwiches. You guys, you don't know about this. And then yeah. if we lose, I go to the back. I'm like, I must be a winner. I'm the only one with the sandwich back here. 
like, even if you didn't be like, you know what? It's comfort food. And it makes me feel like a winner when I eat one. <laughs> That's right. There are like, but yeah, like pre-match like rituals. I don't think we have any specifically, although like Rad could tell you, there are some times where like certain matches he'll see me just like hyping myself up in, in like the hallway. I'll be like pacing back and forth. Um, Usually like, weapons matches. Yeah. If it's like a big blow off match. I, I'm usually like amped and I'm like walking back and forth, pacing, talking to myself, um, hyping myself up, slapping myself in the face. It's it gets out of control because like I the, the last time it happened, it was uh, this big blow off match and it got moved to first on the card because um, guys weren't there yet. So we were first. And in my head, like I knew it wasn't. But in my head to hype myself up, I'm, I was taking it a disrespect. And I, but I wasn't like taking it as like, oh, they're doing this. In my head, it was just like, well, now we're going to go out and kill it. And all these fuckers have to follow us. Good luck to them. Like, guess what? You're all fucked now. Like, that's how I'm like getting myself hyped. And like, it works. It works for me. I, yeah. In retrospect, it was really funny to walk to watch you walk back and forth. And I could just he- vaguely hear you be like, sucks for the rest of the card. Oh, man, sucks for them. <laughs> Oh, this is gonna be the best. Oh, main event first. Whatever you want, the main event first. All right. <laughs> I'm I, just like, what? All right. I get like weirdly, weirdly like active too. Like, um, since losing a bunch of weight, I have surprising ups now. <laughs> so like, I'll be in the back just like jumping up and down, and I, he'll be like, "Bro, calm down." <laughs> I'm like about to hit the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I can do an so- indie kick, so. Yeah, I could that shh, don't tell anyone. I'll do it <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> well, I'm I'm curious though, because like you 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 bring up like a, uh, another point that I was like wanted to hit on. It's like what's like one of the hardest things about being a tag team? Sucking. Um, That's what the hardest part is. <laughs> I mean I, I love it. Like I, I find way more problems in um single stuff because like it's just you with tag team you get a break, you get to watch, you get to like the fact that I get to be on the apron for a while lets me observe the crowd, which is hard to do when you're in a singles match. It's nice to be able to observe the crowd and kind of play off of them, which is, is something you get to do in a tag match. Um, I mean, the hard part is just as a face team is sometimes not being in control. Um, because you're really trusting that your opponents know what they're doing and will control the pace of the match and, be where they're supposed to be. Um, but my my way of kind of working with that is, and Rad could tell you, I don't forget spots. And I don't mean my spots. I mean everyone's spots. Like, he'll remember the eliminations of a battle royal he's barely in. That and I, I'll be calling them out to other people if they're forgetting them. Um, and I will find ways to do it from the apron. Uh, so, like, if someone is lost, I will tell them their spot that I'm not even involved in somehow. Or, t- or um, tell them to throw a clothesline. Yeah, or tell them to their face in the middle <laughs> of a match and yell at them, you won't try to clothesline me right now um, <laughs> if, if I need to. Or I'll call someone over and be like, you go over and get that fucking guy because he's fucking his shit up. <laughs> oh, you made Wade mad. Look what you did. <laughs> but no, that's just like, and, and that comes, a lot of that comes from actually the backyard stuff because when we were in the backyard, everything was just complicated. Like we weren't wrestling a match that made sense. It was just a bunch of crazy sequences in a row to pop our friends. So the guy I tagged with at the time, he didn't do spots. Everything he did was a sequence that was a reversal, 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 reversal into a spot. 
So I had to remember all of it. And I that it prepared me big time because I don't forget anything <laughs> anymore. And if I do, it's it's like be worried because I'm probably concussed or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's weird though, because I've heard I've heard times where guys have like been concussed, like they'll just black out, but then like they cruise the rest of the match. Like their body just goes in autopilot well, and they still know everything. That's more, what happens, it's, though. Yeah. It, it's more timing stuff when that happens. Like I've had it happen a couple of times. It's more just being it's like ring placement stuff, losing where I am in the ring. Like mm-hmm. I'm supposed to have my back to a certain spot and I am staring at a guy when he's like getting up. It's little shit. It's all yeah. that little shit. I mean, with, with my experience, I did a lot of singles wrestling when I was being trained and doing backyard and stuff like that. And I did singles my first year as a pro for the most part. So I had... Uh, I, it, it sucks to drive alone hours and hours to a show. It sucks when you don't know who to ask for advice, who to talk to. It it sucks when you don't have anyone to to just talk about. Like, oh, that match sucked. That oh, that match was awesome. Oh, what could I really improve on other than like a trainer or an agent or someone who wasn't there that might see some footage? So, uh, and, and as well as the aspect of storytelling, like. With Wade and I, it's awesome because we're both on we're both pretty much on the same page despite being very different styles of wrestling. Like I grew up on Southern style WCW, kinda on the fly style of wrestling. I, I was very technical. I still love to do technical wrestling. I don't do a ton of it uh on the shows. I do them before the shows when I'm chaining with people who want to learn how to chain, but it's it's a completely different style from him. Two thousands Ring of Honor, Chikara, yeah. like Fast pace stuff, strong mm-hmm. style, uh, Japanese King's Road. Like, that's yeah. the shit I'm It's I, totally opposite. And, like, I get a lot of my inspiration from, like, old Chikara or, and, like, comedy. Like, literally comedy shows is, like, I get inspiration from. Mm-hmm. And when we can take those jokes and, like, wrestleify them into spots, that that's something a lot of singles guys can't do. Or as, as great as Orange Cassie is, he's one man trying to do a lot of the same spots all the time. He has his own spots. I have my spots. We can combine them to make even newer, fresher spots all the time. There's so yeah. much more to do. Uh, and with four people to play with, there's so much more uh, involved that can or cannot be used at any given time. We've forgotten about tag moves and spots that four years ago, I'll be watching old video and be like, that's hilarious. Why aren't we doing that anymore? And it's just because we're constantly evolving. We're talking. You know, we have... Yeah, because uh, you're, you're you're wrestling an opponent that maybe can't do a certain spot, or yeah. like it's, it's not the right size, or the right style, or the right mood, or maybe it's a shine where I'm taking the lead, so like I, I'm in more of it, or maybe it's a shine where Rad's taking the lead, so he's doing more of the stuff, that, and we have different stuff depending on who's doing it. I, I mean, I know you asked about like I honestly think tag wrestling is like the best, and I really don't <laughs> think there's a lot of downfalls to it except the fact that there's more moving parts, which makes yeah. it more difficult to coordinate. It's a lot more trust to put into someone else. Yeah, Arn um, Anderson once said uh, the best match a main event could possibly be is a tag team match. A tag team match will beat a singles match every time if done right. And I, I thoroughly agree with that. I believe tag team wrestling is p- perhaps on at its peak the best form of professional wrestling. That's just my and, opinion. And you've been in the ring. You could probably attribute like sometimes you're in there and like you watch something back and you're like, man, they really pop big for that. I, I didn't hear that in the moment because you're so mm-hmm. in the zone. Right. It's so nice. Like when we go to the back, Rad could be like, oh man, I felt like they weren't getting into it. And I could be like, no, no, I was on the and I was like, 
help it. I, I could hear it. Or like yeah. if the, if I could feel, if I feel the crowd dying, I can get them back into it from the apron. Um, I get more blown up on the apron than I do in the match because I'm trying to get the crowd hyped. I'm trying to be a character. Um, I'm trying. I'm stealing stuff from TV shows and doing it like uh, in a match. Like I, I've literally taken stuff from Arrested Development straight up and just done it in a match. Um, it, it's it's something about having someone else. You know, someone's watching your match. It's like if I do a cool spot, we can go to the back and I'd be like, "Oh, how did that look?" Because like I'll know Rad will have seen it from the apron. Um, it, it's it's a nice. Uh, thing to have and and you That's literally cool, have though. two you literally have two people on the outside of the ring constantly trying to improve the match while you're inside the ring that that really enhances the match as well and you get to take breaks yes. it does help that's cool though because it's something like i because i've mainly worked like singles matches like i don't get to work tag team just because like i am a singles wrestler but here in well 2022 you guys will probably <laughs> see it sometime but um me and a bunch of my friends we're all gonna start teaming up and start working different shows so you're gonna start seeing more of us but i was like yeah i'm so used to working as a singles competitor it's like all right well i'm gonna transition to this side and i'll start learning more about how to do things better on this side then Mm -hmm. come back across so it's fun too because like you get to hide your like when you're with someone else um if, if they have a different style it can hide your weaknesses and elevate like you get to do the stuff you're best at and maybe like, I'm not the best at the technical stuff. It's not my style. But, like, if Rad's in there with a guy who's doing more technical stuff, we can match that up better. And if I'm in there with, like, a guy who is, wants to, like, throw some shots and fuck each other up, then I know I'm in there for it. Like, it's it's fun because we get to work to our strengths and hide our weaknesses. Yeah. That's awesome, though. I, I'm, I'm curious, though. So what kind of advice would you want to give to, like, up-and-coming wrestlers? Uh, don't. Get um, out. Don't. <laughs> Um, the biggest advice I can give is, so I feel like this is, is a lot of things that's being taught at like schools is like, you learn a little bit of everything. Um, and that's good. Cause you should know a little, how to do a little bit of everything, but if you're really good at something, I think it's missing in today's wrestling a little bit more on the Indies. If you're like really good at technical or you're really good at something, focus on it and try to get as good as you can at that thing. And then fill in the other stuff like as you go uh go to seminars learn more stuff but like if you're a technical guy go to every technical seminar you can be become the best at something because i used to love in wrestling you'd have you'd be like oh i want to see that match it's such a weird styles clash i wonder how it's going to work there's really no such thing as like oh that's going to be a big styles clash unless like a death match guy and a technical guy like but there's so many people can do everything now that like i want to see someone who's just like I want to see this guy who is like the best technical wrestler wrestle the best power guy and see how it goes. Um, I I, like, I, I, that's a weird advice, but it's just a personal feeling. Like I love when, so it's like when you see like Finley, like who's a super great technical guy, but can also brawl a little bit, but is like really good at that style wrestling someone like Mysterio. Like that's such a styles clash and you don't get those that much on the Indies anymore because guys do a little bit of everything. Yeah, nowadays you get like a Zack Saber Jr. It just as technical, it makes all of his matches very unique. Yeah, it's it it, it creates because when everyone can do everything, it creates a style that is more. You could see it from anyone. Um, I mean, you still have their moves in it, which is the important. But that's why you need your stuff to stand out. But like when everybody does everything, then nothing feels as unique anymore. 
No, I like uh, that though. Yeah. That's good. That's like good. That. Uh, my advice would be uh, something I tried to do since day one is every time you, especially when you start, every time you wrestle, think about if you would be the kind of wrestler you would want to see that you would pay money to see that you would actually be interested in watching a match of. And if you're not continue to find ways to do that. And I'm not saying be yourself per se, but think of the kind of humor you like, the kind of style you like, the kind of attitude of your character that you would like to pay for that you would pay for. And it doesn't have to be a 50 Steve Austin's. I'm not talking like that, but just like the best version of you that you as a fan would love to see. That's extremely important. I think a lot of people don't follow their hearts when it comes to things like that. They're like, well, my trainer told me I got to do this. My, my name's John, John. So I'm just going to be John, John. And I'm just going to be a wrestler, man. And that's my gimmick. And it's like, if you're, if you're not popping yourself, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. If if, if you're not getting out of there being like, that was really cool and fun. And I want to see how that spot went and see the footage. I don't know if you're really the guy yet, you know, you got to keep, got to keep building to that. And And that might, and that might take multiple gimmick changes too. And you should not be afraid to change gimmicks over time if you have to. Yeah. And and the other advice is like, this is something that since day one is something I always think of every time I do anything is just always, always do everything you do for the person in the back row. Um, It, everything needs to be like, there's no such thing as too big and wrestling if you're kicking out the guy in the back row should see it don't do these like like the guy in the last row should see if you're doing a facial expression like even if you're doing it towards a specific side of the crowd where the other crowd can't see it do it so they can all see it like do everything big and make moments um not everything has to be seen by everyone you could create moments like i'm on the apron sometimes and i'll banter with the crowd on my side of the ring that's not for everybody, but you're making a moment for those people. Always be making moments. Always be doing for things for people around you. Um, try to create those things that they'll be like, like the things that don't sh- don't don't perform just for the camera. Perform for the building. Perform for everyone at all times. And like- and and to add to that, as far as if you're being a heel and you're a rookie heel, your enemy is not the guy in the ring. Your enemy is the crowd. Uh, if you've ever, I always think of it. If you've ever seen uh, the uh, the Quick and the Dead, it's a it's a Western movie where the town hires a gunman to come kill the mayor, and he so he has a, a showdown with this hitman. He shoots him in the legs, and the the crowd the town is like crowded around him. And as he shoots the man, he's shooting the man's limbs. He's practically working on him. He's working the heat. Every time he shoots the guy, he looks at the crowd and he goes, "Is this the best your money could buy?" Shoots him again. This is this is what you think I am. This is how weak you think I am. Shoots him again. Oh, he can't even get up now. Do you guys feel pathetic? How'd you? Where'd you get the money for this? Guy? And he's just doing. He's battering him. His enemy was the crowd. Just like as a heel, you got to think of your opponent as an avatar for the crowd. So when you're beating him up, yeah, he's garbage. But your That's enemy is the crowd, and constant interaction with the crowd is so important and it not enough people do it and if you if you think you do a little bit you got to do a lot you got to do it constantly you win or lose you are you're practically having an argument with the crowd for the entire match and it's yeah. it's i feel like it's imperative to get heat in modern day independent wrestling to constantly get the attention of the crowd and just to add one little tiny thing to that if you're a heel 
and you're coming out to the ring first, which usually you are. Um, the like, the crowd doesn't even know who you're have who you're facing. They don't have to know if they're not cheering them by the time they're they come out through the curtain, not having even seen them yet. Then you're not doing your job enough as a heel. The, the crowd should want to cheer whoever comes out next, just because they already hate you so much in your two minutes of being at ringside. Like you can literally make the heels job is like makes the faces job so much easier. Like we've wrestled people before and we come to the ring and we're already getting cheered and we haven't even done anything because the crowd already hates the guy who came out first so much. Like we, we, we were turned face in a company once just by having a really good heel team come out and they were so heel and they were such assholes that by the time we came out, we were moderately cheered like faces. And then when we got attacked after the match, we were practically faces from then on. There was no actual turn. We never, we never did any the good guy thing. Like we never saved anybody. But they did such good heel work that we could trust them to turn us face, and it actually worked. That's and that's a that's a mark of a good heel. The funny thing is, like the difference between face stepdads and heel stepdads is not. It's a very thin line. Yes. Uh, when we're faces, it's me making fun of the heels and like going at the heels, and when we're heels, it's just me making fun of the crowd. <laughs> That's the only difference. It's And it's slightly ri- more risque depending on the show. That's Yeah. And and sometimes it's directly at the children too, where we'll be really nice to their parents and compliment them on how, like, how much they make the kids go to bed early and things like that. And <laughs> let me tell you, no kid will hate you more. Like no six-year-old girl will hate you more than, you know, me walking up and high-fiving her dad and being like, yeah, you tell her to go to bed at 8, a. 8 p.m. That sounds great. Maybe 7 p.m. I think you're right. 7 p.m. is great. Oh, you're you're really good dad. Oh, they hate it. <laughs> you're not even doing anything <laughs> genuinely bad. You're just agreeing with somebody she lives with. Uh, it just sounds it sounds so funny because like when I think back like to like Daniel Bryan when he had his uh the whole save the save the world mm-hmm. movement, he was like he was heel and he genuinely got people to hate recycling, which was like <laughs> incredible. A good heel should never be completely wrong um, yes. because they should believe in themselves. And for them to believe in themselves, they should have, it's just the way they go about it. Like look at the best example in, in recent, the world is, is Thanos. Like he's not wrong. They even show it in the movies. The environment is improving because of what he did, but the way he's going about it is the part that's wrong. Like a good heel should never just be like, now I'm bad. Ha ha. Like that's te- who can't, but why? <laughs> like you should have a reason. There should always be a reason that makes sense to at least them. And the crowd looks at them and goes, ah, he's not wrong, but he's just such an asshole about it. That's, <laughs> that's the, that's the good heel. Yeah, no, you're right. I remember like uh full transparency for people and hopefully they're not listening, but like during infinity war, I remember like being conflicted with so much emotion and sitting down in my car for like 20 minutes just trying to process everything. I was like, he I don't know what happened, but he's not he's not wrong. <laughs> like yeah. half of everybody should have gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. I only got to confirm through Hawkeye. So appreciate you, Jeremy Renner, for the coffee cup. <laughs> yeah. It should be the theory that's that's it not it's it's like the the theory should be it should make sense. It should be the methods that are the uh, the pre- the thing people have problems with, right? Exactly. So, 
last thing, last question I have for you guys uh, before we get into the second best segment of the Three Count Podcast. I need one do and one don't of the locker room. Brad, you want to go first? Uh, one do and one don't. I'm, I'm trying to think, too. Oh, um, boy. Uh... Do? I mean, a big one for us is just keep it light. Be the kind of guy in the locker room you would want to hang around with. Like, to, like not every guy on a baseball team is, the, is an all-star. But you need those glue guys that just keep the locker room light, keep it fun, um, hype people up. Like, be that guy. That's a do. Like, be the guy that people want to be around in the locker room. Don't be the downer. Don't be the be the guy who's there hyping everybody else up, getting everybody else hyped for their matches. Um, don't uh, – if someone goes to uh, fist bump you, don't go to shake their fist. That's oh, screw dumb. you, Wade. I know he's, you know, I know he's talking about <laughs> – <laughs> what what jerk all right we might have to explain that story later it, it's not as bad as it sounds anyway um do i would say do uh do feel like it's okay to give more than take when you are planning your matches because if you have three moments in the match if you have 20 moments in the match if you're a good wrestler you'll be able to work those into a perfect match never like the less conflict with the people you're working with that night the better uh you don't want to go in there with tension you want to leave with tension uh if, if you're good enough reason, wrestler, yeah exactly you, you should be able to understand that like no matter what you're given that day uh, a minute in a battle royal We've we've gotten over more in two minutes in a battle royal than we have in a thirty minute scramble. Those are two matches we had, you know, within the same year, um, within the same couple months. And I would say in the battle royal we had more, uh, be, just because of what we did. So like, don't think about opportunities as like money. Like you have to have all the money. You don't have to have all the opportunities in the world. If you if you know what you're doing, just take uh, take what you can get and move on. Uh, don't forget to wash your gear. <laughs> yeah. Don't smell. If you do smell, bring body spray. Bring yeah. deodorant. Yeah, shave your armpits. Shave or your armpits shave if you have to. Yeah. Um, just look professional. It's it's not complicated. <laughs> like, yeah. Like no nobody will say anything. Everyone will know. And it no one's gonna be like to your face but you know if you want to wrestle everyone in that that company including the top guys you're gonna want them to want to wrestle you and no nobody wants to be the guy where they're like oh do i have to wrestle that can you like make a three-way or something i don't want to lock up with that guy stinks the the, the easiest thing to fix about yourself is if you stink or not okay (laughs) and then like so a legitimate don't like don't i would say don't um like, do give advice if it's asked for, or like, don't be walking around giving unsolicited advice. It, it just comes off weird. I it, like, even if you mean well, it's like always have a discussion first before you're just mm-hmm. like, hey, like you you could even f- just frame it the right way. Like, frame it as a compliment sandwich. Be like, hey, I really liked how you did this. Maybe like, don't tell people what to do. Just like, kind of. There's ways to do it that that's like better. It just 
don't be the guy who's like, oh, I'm going to go around bluntly being like, oh, that sucked. Like, that's, no, one, no one wants that. And like, uh, Some of the best uh, advice we got wasn't like, hey, you did this wrong. It was like, hey, I liked this spot. Here's how I would have done it maybe to give you a different viewpoint on how maybe you could do it in the future. Um, and on the other side of the coin, do listen to absolutely all the advice people give you. Listen yeah. to it. You don't have to take, but you, you don't have to don't take, have to take any of it. Yeah. You don't have to take all the advice you're given, but it's always good to listen to it. Because at the, at the end of the day, even if you don't take any of their advice, you're you're building bonds with brothers that you're going to see for years and years. And yeah. we we know people that we didn't take any of their advice at all, but they appreciated the fact that we sat there and listened to them to the point where they knew in the future they could talk to us again about opportunities or about, you know, something else that we were interested in that did benefit us later. It's more respect. And it's more about building friendships with these people that you're literally working with all the time. Even when I say the advice stuff, it's like, it's all about respect. Like if you go up to someone and you're like, Hey, this sucked. Don't do it that way. Like who, who wants to hear that? Like there's people in the locker room who, who like to give advice, but they give it in a way that's so abrasive that it makes them come off like an asshole, even though in their mind they're trying to help. But if you yeah. go to someone and you're like, hey, I watched the match. I enjoyed this. Like, throw in, like, a thing that you think they could improve. Like, hey, this spot, it looked like something went off here. Maybe try this next time. But, like, I liked this. Like, compliment sandwich. I always the, the compliment sandwich. People are more willing to listen if you're not just like, you're wrong. This is wrong. Be Like, say a good thing. Throw in the 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 advice or the the negative and frame it in the right way and then throw in the positive. Oh, and and don't be that guy that says every match is great. You you don't have to tell someone their match is great, okay? Please, please. I, if you if my match sucked, please tell me like, ah, I didn't really like your match. Like yeah, don't tell well, me it's great. Especially if I ask. If I come up to you, like if I'm sitting in the corner and I'm obviously not having a good time, don't go up and be like, "Hey bro, the match sucked." But like if I'm like, <laughs> "Hey man, did you watch the match? How'd it go?" Be honest. Don't don't lie to me. <laughs> if I'm asking, like, oh man, I I genuinely I would I would I would love to be a fly on the wall for someone that if you had a bad match, like you know you know it was a bad match. Would you ask you don't ask somebody and someone just hey man that match sucks and you'd be like, mm, oh I it happened you. recently. I was very upset about it. Yeah, re- recently I had a match that I absolutely hated, and I was storming around in the back, and one of our agents walked by. And he just looked at me and like waved me over, and I went, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> and I just walked away, and I was like, "At least, at least he knows he wasn't gonna lie to me." <laughs> but so we'll get into the second best segment of this podcast. People ask me what's the first. It's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show. But this is the three count podcast, ten count questions, and this is how it works. I'm gonna fire off. 10 questions at you rapid fast. Uh, Whatever's your answer, that's your answer. <laughs> so just like first thought, one word, or just? Yep. Are we okay. both doing it? Are we going back and forth? How are we doing Oh, yeah, that? I expect to hear two, I, I expect to hear two answers. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus. At the same God. time? If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can coordinate Gotta that. time it. <laughs> All right. So we'll put on the imaginary timer for add pressure. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. See, already on the same page. Uh, favorite movie? Aliens. Office Space. Okay. Uh, Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> favorite color? 
Green. Blue. Uh, golf or watching the game? The game of golf? <laughs> if we could go with that. <laughs> I'm going to go watching the game because I watch a lot of sports. I like to play <laughs> golf, so I'll say play golf. Okay. Uh, favorite submission? Sharpshooter. Um, Rings Sorry, of Saturn. Sp- Scorpion Deathlock. Sorry, let's get that right. <laughs> Definitely Rings of Saturn. Okay. Uh, would you rather be mowing the lawn or painting the wall? Painting the wall. Mowing the lawn. <laughs> I want Look at that. We got, the house, we got the whole house done. Put me inside <laughs> the air conditioning. All right. Uh, favorite podcast? Ooh. Uh, where's my favorite part? I got it right here. How did this get made? That's that's what I was gonna say too. Yep, how did this get made? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this show. Mike Skyros. Has he already been here? No, not yet. Mike Skyros. Johnny Cockstrong. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have a great conversation with him. All right. And last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on the show. Favorite curse word? Fuck. It's the duct tape of the English language. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go. How about I go with bollocks? I'm gonna go <laughs> British. Oh, I mean, if we're going British, I mean. Oh no, is, no. Punk is a great <laughs> word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's 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 their fuck. Uh, it's their duct tape. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with the good old shit. Can I? Can uh, I throw in a favorite? Uh, like rude phrase also go ahead suck my ass with a straw it's the thing i've been saying a lot lately to people i disagree with <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm like you know what i like that I'll, I'll share one too so i was on a i was on a twitter space right and i was listening to some people like throw out some advice and stuff like that and they were talking about like they're, they're talking about some issues that were happening and just one person goes you know what i told that person suck my dick backwards and i was like Suck my dick from the back. Shout out, Jake. I was like, you know what? Like, I like this. <laughs> that's that's such a that's such a like. I'm disgusted with you. Like, I, that's I, in my head. I'm just like, oh, suck my dick from the back. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I heard that. I was like, you know what? I feel like this is something that's gonna catch on. I'm just gonna say it now forever. <laughs> it's a it's a great one. It's it's truly fantastic. So those are all my questions that I do have for you guys. So the last thing I need is for you guys to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find y'all. Well, we have, I have a question for you first. Okay. You know, rapid fire. Favorite That's... stepdad. Favorite stepdad? Uh, <laughs> let's see. My favorite stepdad? Uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I would have right, we okay. also would have accepted Mike Brady. Um... <laughs> uh, John Cena, if he ever sees me. <laughs> Oh, if you ever see him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh one day he came in, he's like, I'm gonna get milk, and I just haven't seen him since. So I mean, yeah, wouldn't John mm. Cena be the worst stepdad? He disappears <laughs> all he the time. All the time. You hear his voice. Yeah. What are you doing here? One day he I disappeared and never came back. Put a t shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um so sorry, I totally interrupted you. What was our social no, no, media I... wade? That's what he wants oh, to yeah, do. Well, let's see. We got uh, everything's pretty much marked at Stepdad's Wrestling or at Stepdad's Wrestle. So we got YouTube at Stepdad's Wrestling, Instagram at Stepdad's Wrestling, Twitter is at Stepdad's Wrestle, uh, as well as a Patreon we have for uh, Stepdad's Wrestling, 
ProWrestlingTees.com slash stepdads. We have four different types of stepdads t-shirts on there. Uh, get them for your dad for Father's Day, your stepdad. You know, he'll probably think it's some weird ABC uh, family sitcom he doesn't remember. But that's okay as long as you buy it. Yeah, and if you are uh, searching for us on YouTube, uh, stepdads, one word. Um, mm-hmm. If you put a space, we are not uh, at... We are not liable for what you might see weirdly on the internet if you put yes. a space between stepdads and wrestle. Stepdads like, wrestle between stepdads. All one word. <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't I want to think weird about out there. Else. Um uh, as well as TikTok stepdads wrestling. And uh yeah, I think that's it. we we're also gonna be wrestling for test of strength soon. Uh, I believe uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, survival championship wrestling is coming up this weekend uh let me check the date there that's the 22nd uh and and new world wrestling extreme in may and then and that's just, uh, that's the beginning aside from the stepdads pages if anyone would like to follow me on social media pretty much everything wade kruger one wade kruger the way it's spelt uh down here with with the with the with two e's um some people don't include the first e it's just like freddy um <laughs> but yeah wade kruger one on twitter if you want to see my hot takes on why the devils are terrible or uh other random nonsense um instagram if you want to probably have me not accept your follow request um <laughs> no i probably will uh it's private just because i'm weird and uh on tiktok also wade kruger one if you want to f- see my weird tiktoks as a 30 year old man going through a midlife crisis aren't we all <laughs> yes 33 year old man sorry it was my birthday the other day oh, we need to make up a, we need a move we need a move called the midlife crisis we gotta get on that yeah I, i'm already dealing with it <laughs> <laughs> already working on it all right good well, there you guys have it. So you guys have all their handles. You guys know where to find them. And you know what that means. We, we got to take this home. All right. Because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Rest, Now Entry Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right. The man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, you got to have somebody who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. And you see him right next to me, Radley Belmont, Wade Kruger, the stepdads. So you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there, or you just wait for this episode and you wait for the outro, and then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. As, as we would say, be there and be square. <laughs> What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast and in there you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys, and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please. Didn't know their name, so.
I knew their name. I just didn't get to say it enough time. Like he doesn't know. He doesn't know. So we had a we had a, a wrestler named the the Mighty Bosch. And as we're as we're about to record, nobody tells me we're recording yet until I notice we're recording. And I'm like in my head, I'm like, don't say boosh, don't say boosh. And I go, the Mighty Boosh immediately. And then I try to turn it into a joke, but it's not funny. And so I'm like, please That's restart fair. the whole podcast. I mean, the Mighty Boosh is a, is a real thing, so I, I get it. I and and I was like, all I need was like three seconds to say it to myself. Come on. Nope, and I never met. I don't know if you noticed. I said Bosch like fifty more times in the podcast just to really hammer it down. Yeah, oh, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, bet. 